Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. How are you guys? Happy New Year. I, I freaking love that you're still listening to me. There's so many podcasts out there and you, you choose to be here or maybe you're here for Zach Levi and uh, that's wonderful too, but maybe you'll like it and you'll go, hey, this guy's not a p- complete schmuck and listen to me. Uh, it's important if whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple or whatever, please write a review of the podcast. It helps the podcast substantially. So if you like it, the least you could do is maybe write a review for me, the old man here, you know, um, happy new year to everybody. I hope you had a, a happy and safe uh, holiday. Right now with me, Ryan's in Hawaii. So sitting in for him is our editor, Jason Nelkin. Is it Nelkin, right? Nelkin's correct. Hey Nelkin's guys. correct. How are you, bud? I'm good. How are you? Happy I'm good, New Jeff. Year. And you, thank you for editing the show. I love editing the show. You do? It's my pleasure. Oh, dude. He's great. He just came over today. I hadn't met him in, in person, and he came in my office. I was showing him around, showing him my toys. I believe I farted in front of you. You did? I did. I apologize. Nice pad, man. No, yeah. it's fun. Thanks, man. It's, uh, you know, it's kind of like built for a child a man child isn't it that's how it should be that's how it should be adults are just grown children do you have right? a girlfriend i do have a girlfriend you do i don't so ryan, i know ryan does you do we know bryce does yeah uh he's married and, I, and i'm solo that's okay i'll find one yeah i wouldn't be so hard on yourself about it how old are you i'm 29 oh man you're just a kid dog just yeah, a i kid. could be your dad yeah i'm 49 be, yeah you would have it would have been some sort of uh you know, accident situation. It for could sure. have been an accident at that, at that age. Accidents but. do happen. Yeah. Um, guys, I love you. Thank you. We're going to get to Zach Levi in a second, but just uh, make sure you follow us on the Instagram at, at inside you podcast and the Facebook at inside you podcast. And please follow us on Twitter at inside you pod. Also, you can go to the in uh, online inside of you store. Uh, you can get uh, Smallville lunch boxes. You can get inside of you tumblers, brand new inside of you hats, uh, I got a new, the old script from Smallville called Lexmas, which is a lot of people's favorites. You can get one of those signed by me. Tons of stuff. Um, the Inside of You online store. Also, you can go to sunspin.com, my band, and get a Zoom with me. And there's so much cool merch. Stephen Amell and Tom Welling always wear my Sunspin hats and shirts, and uh, I appreciate it. So if you want to copy them, feel free to do it. Uh, also, I can't uh, say enough about my patrons. Those guys, you know, you guys, if you don't know what Patreon is, go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash inside of you. This is a group of people that give back to the podcast. They believe in it. They love it. And without them, I don't know what I do. So if you love the podcast and you want to give back, I, you can give back anything. It doesn't matter. It, it helps substantially. And, uh, you know, I love them. I just did a Zoom with all the top tiers, um, you know, um, and we all Zoomed together and talked and got to see their faces. That was cool. But it's become a real close family, the Patreon family. I think, um, you know, a lot of people have said, God, I've made so many close friends through this this Patreon. And um, it's cool. It's cool. There's so many perks and things like that. So check it out, patreon.com slash inside of you. I'm also on Cameo. Um, I want to say thank you before we get right into the interview with – 
those that supported echoesofhope.org for foster youth, those that supported uh, foodonfoot.org for the homeless situation we have in Los Angeles and all over the world, and uh, and the Ronald McDonald House. If you gave any money or if you thought about them during the holidays, I, I really appreciate it. And I know some of you did. And it makes me feel good. It makes me feel good that you guys are supporting me and supporting all these great charities. Um, <clears throat> that's about it, man. Uh, New Year's resolution. Uh, it's been five days. I'm not vaping anymore. Uh, I quit sodas, no candy, no, like no chocolates, no chips at night. I'm trying to get in shape. I'm nice, trying man. to be better to myself. Are you doing anything for New Year's resolution? I have no New Year's resolution. You have none. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, you know, uh, all year, uh, you know, resolutions are for the whole year for me. Well, mine starts five days ago and it's it's going to hopefully continue. I'm going to try and stay. I think, you know, with anxiety and things like that, if you cut out all the crap and see where you're at when you cut out all the crap, you'll get a better idea of who you are and how much better you can feel by not doing all the crap. Does that make sense? Definitely. Achieve equilibrium. Achieve equilibrium. And then see where you're at. I like that. Achieve equilibrium. Let's get inside of Zach Levi. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. How are you, my friend? Oh man, I'm I'm really good. I'm a, I'm I'm today. I'm a little uh, I'm dragging a little ass because I had a lot of fun, and by fun I mean tequila <laughs> at uh, the premiere party last night for American Underdog. That was just last night. So American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story. Yeah. You play Kurt Warner. I do. Yeah. And this premiered last night in and Los the premiere Angeles. Was last night. And, yeah. Where? Man, Chinese. And how much fun was it? It was super fun. I mean, you know, I mean. You 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 go and make a thing. You believe in it. You hope that it all comes together. I've seen it. I I feel like it's all there. You know, I'm proud of it. We right. made it in the middle of the pandemic and all the craziness. And um, and then you go and do all the work and doing the press and and then it and then it's here. And then you're like, okay, well, I hope. And it's not even really open, right? So it's like you know, we premiered last night, but it doesn't open till Christmas. So right. I still won't really know what critics or people or whatever think about it. But right, this will have aired. This will have aired by the time the, yeah, the, the movie will be the, out. The so if you're out. listening to this, folks, I hope the movie's out. You, the movie's out. The movie's and, out. And hopefully you've seen it. And if you haven't, please go see it. And if you do see it, I hope you enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy it, then f you. No, then no, uh, no, then, you know, no fus. No, I mean people are allowed to not enjoy things. Yeah, I enjoy it. I'm, I was going to go a different way with that joke. I wasn't just going to like <laughs> lambast people for not liking my. Fucking and if you movie, don't like you it, idiots. if you don't like it, what? And <laughs> then kick rocks. Then watch Shazam. No, I don't know. <laughs> then yeah, then watch Shazam. There you go. Watch Shazam. Um, do you feel like when you go to a premiere? Because I know I feel this way when I have a premiere for something. Uh, that's a project that I've been working on. You're not getting a real, uh, resp a real response, a visceral. Uh, a real audience response because it's all people that are there, the yeah, studio, they're yeah, your family, yeah, they're yeah. your friends. Yeah, they're like, you so were great. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it felt like last night. I, it's weird because I, I watched it. I didn't, I actually didn't watch the screening last night. I went and had some dinner. I'd already seen it. And, um, but when I watched it, 
I I did. I felt good about it. I felt like, oh, okay. I felt I felt good about what I did. You know, normally we're our own worst critics. Oh, and so I think everybody is. I think artists particularly are that. Or maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe not. Maybe, maybe generally all people are are just as much. But as an actor, being critical of yourself, you go and watch your mug projected up on this massive screen and first of all i have such a hard time just not destroying myself uh, looking at just my face being like oh you got bags under your eyes or this or that or you know looking at my constant constantly picking up uh, picking myself apart from just the aesthetic of how i stand and how i hold myself and what i'm doing with my hands (laughs) so you're not even enjoying it's so hard it's so hard yeah so if you can get past that do you you get past it i'm getting better at it I think I think a lot of therapy and medication has helped that. I mean, I'm not kidding. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. You know, I've watched so many things I've done, and I, I just—it's so hard for me to get to the other side. When I watched Shazam for the first time, I, I genuinely thought people were going to hate me in it. I, I, I couldn't. Why was that? I don't know because I was looking at all my choices and things that I made as an actor and in, in the character and was like oh my god do i just look like a big idiot am i just being a big idiot and people are going to be like who is this big dumb idiot you know right uh fortunately that wasn't the case and it worked out and you know but it also that also taught me yet again like hey you can't trust i mean we're we're going to dive into so much mental health in this anyway but just to tangent into it really quick it's like you can't trust your own mind which is very terrifying in some ways but also very comforting i find you know because because we are I, i i love this quote we are not the voice of our mind we are the one who hears it and and Isn't that uh, the truth and it's, it's from the the um untethered soul which i have yet to read but i've read but you uh, like the quote i love the quote i love the quote I, I i i'm a horrible reader i i i just don't get to books nearly as much as i need to. is it just a little add oh certainly more than a little yeah but oh i don't know also i think I, you know coming up as a kid in the 80s like my stories were video games i didn't like I, I like a good book. I couldn't put when I was in high school and I read Brave New World. I could not put it down. It was Isn't that such, a soap opera. No, a whole no. <laughs> new world. Well, no, that's a song from Aladdin. Oh, uh, uh, the, yes, the yes. Bold and the Beautiful. Uh, that's that's a, what I was thinking. Bold and the Beautiful. Mm, yeah. Right, right, right. Um, but you couldn't put that book down. No, man. And I, and, you know, in a lot of other books, I just like I cliff notes that stuff because I just couldn't stay in it. But Brave New World like rocked me. And we're also kind of witnessing it happening in the real world right now. In some ways, we can get to that later. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, man, of rating myself on screen all the time as an actor but then again you know i've grown a lot i've done a lot of therapy we've talked about a lot of that therapy we've talked about medications before and that's been very helpful and so you know watching american underdog i was able to i think get through some of that weird you know criticisms and kind of shut all those voices up enough to just get see through all that and be like I, you know, I didn't totally hate myself, it, which then was a great, it was like, which means I must be great. I must yeah. be great in this. I movie. must be great if yeah. I didn't, if, if I, I didn't totally of, yeah. hate myself. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I'm proud of it. I, I really do think we made it uh, a good little movie and it's got so much heart, heart and, and, and hope. I mean, it, and faith and, you know, there's, it's, it's a very inspiring story. It's a true story. Kurt Warner, you know, he was, uh, he was this, you know, good old boy from Iowa, always wanted to be the next Joe Montana. And then uh, didn't get a lot of play in college in um, Northern Iowa uh, University. But he got just enough where he got this last minute, you know, a tryout with the Packers right out of college. And, and he, he miffed it. He just he couldn't step up to that occasion. It was, it was way too much for him in that moment. Wow. Uh, he was a great player. But, I mean, that was a lot. You know, he was watching Favre throw, throw passes in front of him, you know, as they're going through, like, training camp. He's like, what is this? This is insane. So then that doesn't happen. And then he kind of just, 
he goes and wanders in the wilderness for a while. He had met Brenda, his now wife. He the, wanders in the wilderness. He just takes away. He goes away from football. Well, yes and no. So like in the in the midst of all this, he meets his now wife, Brenda, and she's such an integral part of their entire story. And, you know, uh, he he in large part became the man that he is, the leader he is and the quarterback that he was because of her love and her faith in him and wow. his love and her faith in in her and th- and her children. She uh, had two kids at the time. Her oldest son Zach and their and her baby daughter Jesse and he took them on and he took them on as a twenty one year old you know college kid essentially because he just he felt he felt compelled this, this, to... yeah he felt this love for them and he and this compulsion and yeah absolutely and I think you know very much God I mean their their journey is so incredibly blessed in the ways it's all kind of worked out but ultimately you know she was this twenty four year old divorcee with two kids and her oldest son or her her oldest who, who her son Zach. He was dropped uh, as a baby on his head oh. by her former husband, and he ended up having uh, intellectual disabilities. And so she was quite a package, you know, as as yeah, a young mother. Sure. And and uh, and I think you know partly because Kurt grew up also in a with a single mom, for, you know, a lot of his life, and he and his brother. And so I think that there was this, you know, that that story was already kind of being laid. The groundwork was already being laid a little bit in his heart and his mind. And, and he could recognize that and see that. And it's amazing that he could be that strong at 21. Oh yeah. Cause well, I, yeah. I, I'm 49 and I, I, Bro, you know, I, I, I can't take I, on a, yeah. I, mean, I can barely take on a dump in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. We know. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, it, it blows my mind that he, you know, he valued, he saw value in that. He wanted to keep seeing how that road went. And then they kept falling deeper in love. His uh, relationship with Zach um, right out of the gates. I mean, the first day he goes to like basically surprise Brenda at, at, he had just met her at a honky tonk, like at a bar doing line dancing. He's like, I want to, I want to hang out with you. And she's like, you don't want to hang out with me. I'm 24. I got two kids, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then he finds out where she lives and she, and he goes and just brought her flowers. And she was like in the middle of something and her son, Zach, Open the door. By the way, intellectually disabled, also blind. And he opens the door and he loved radios. He would listen to music all the time. And he opens the door and Kurt's there and he grabs Kurt's hand. I mean, the the details in the movie versus what actually happens in real life are very, very similar. I'm not sure that we got them, you know, to the point, but essentially yeah. this little boy leads him into the house and uh because he needs help with this radio. He needs his radio needs batteries and he can't get anybody to help him because his mom's getting ready to go to school or uh, work or whatever. And uh, and he goes and gets Kurt to go find him batteries and puts batteries in, and then he like wants him to lay down on the on the cool of the bath of the bathroom floor and just listen to music with him, and like that really happened, and it's really in the script. And I remember Jeez. getting to that point in the in the script, and I was like, I've never seen something so pure. Like that seems like such a pure moment to have on a screen, and like the love that that starts building, and the love that he starts building with Brenda. And anyway, their whole journey is amazing, and then ultimately. He, yeah, he wasn't playing football. He couldn't play football. There was no football to be played. He was trying to figure out how to get another shot in the NFL. Um, they were super struggling, you know, scraping change out of uh, car doors to put gas in their tank. Like that, those types of, you know, things Good that a lot Lord. of us can relate to. Going through some harsh Iowa winters and all that stuff. And so he started stocking shelves at a grocery store, uh, the high V and he did that for, I don't know, six months to a year or something. And in the process wow. of that, this arena football had started to kind of pop up, but right. he was, he kept it at an arm's length because he felt like, and I totally understand too. I could totally understand his mentality of feeling like, well, that's, if I go do that, then I'm giving up on the real thing. This is the, this is the JV. So this is whatever that is, but, but I'm, you know what I mean? Like this is where guys end up if they can't play NFL or they're done with the NFL. Right. And I don't want to believe that. 
And I, you know, I think there was just so much interesting up and down and in, in both he and Brenda's journey and their journey together, um, that there was a lot of just, you know, I don't know, humbling almost in some respects, right? Because he gets to this point where he's like, I don't want to stock shelves anymore. And I, I can make better money and I get to do a thing that I, I really love doing that gives me purpose, which is right. to go have a ball in my hand, like Play football, football basketball. Yeah, he, he did it all, but football specifically. And, uh, and so, you know, he, he gives into the, uh, to this guy who had the arena team, um, the Iowa Barnstormers in, in Iowa, the local arena team. And he'd been bugging Kurt, like, come on, you got to come play for me. He saw him play in college or whatever, knew he got a shot with the Packers, but didn't go anywhere. And Kurt kept like, no, 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 no. And then finally, it's like, okay, fine, let's go play. I, I mean, this is such a compelling, amazing story. Yeah, it's insane. It's, it's insane. It's one of those things where, well, hold on. It gets better. Well, you know the story, right? You well, know the, the end of it and all that jazz. No, that's why I'm ready for the movie. So, you know, well, don't you, give it away. I don't really know the end of it. I know wait. he makes the Rams. Yes, but I you know. know what happened with the Rams. Well, he ends up winning the Super Bowl. Yes, and he won. And, <laughs> well, hold on. That's it. Anyway, so point is, he goes and plays arena. And in doing so, he actually gets some looks now, again, from the NFL. Uh, and ultimately does get this opportunity with the Rams. And uh, wow. he, he was a... You know, his his first year in the in the league, he was like twenty seven, very old rookie. You don't have rookies coming to the NFL at twenty seven. Twenty seven, I think, yeah, twenty seven. And then the next, and he didn't play at all. Twenty, and he was like a third backup quarterback. Second season, second backup quarterback or something like that. I think he had made it up to the number two spot. Trent Green is their number one, who was a very talented quarterback at the time, and everybody had a lot of high hopes high hopes for him. And um, um, Vermeil was their head coach. He, had, he it was like his kind of Cinderella story too, because after Philadelphia, he kind of went off and in, into the his own wilderness and came back. And so he's head coaching. Mike Martz is the offensive coordinator who has this incredible offense he's worked out with all of these incredible tools in this team. And the Rams like really have a shot. And then Trent Green in preseason down injury uh in season injury uh season ending injury wow and that's how he got a shot well yeah but here's the thing i mean the rams also like th i'm sh they were calling around they, they were like is there anybody because you know this guy was still this untested 28 year old now yeah. rookie we've got kurt warner in, we, the, in the in our pocket but yeah you know, let's get someone yeah. else because well, he let's can't try. carry it yeah. and, and right. look at the end of the day it was Kurtz because no one else was available nobody else worked it was all it and they're like it's so fate. dick for meal and there's this famous yeah very famous uh, uh, press conference because there was a lot of heat also like the media was like what are you there was all these you know um, stories and things going on like ESPN like who's this are they going to you know put the whole the weight of the team and the and the season on Oof. this guy's shoulders this guy who just came out of the arena league and all that so there's all that narrative going around and then Dick Vermeil he has this press conference and he goes we are going to rally around Kurt Warner and we're going to play good football I mean it's this really great clip it is it almost seems fictitious it does it does if you tell if you know when when this all happened in real life when then Kurt steps in and then basically leads the team as a 28 year old rookie with very few snaps that he ever, you know, he takes the team all the way to the Super Bowl, wins the Super Bowl. He wins MVP of both the season and the Super Bowl and was making league minimum when he did it. Like there were guys league who league minimum. What's league minimum? Back I don't then? know what it was back then. But it but wasn't I, a lot of money. No, but I but I know that there are people in the organizations, the football organizations that like tend to the and by the way it's a very big job tending to like the fields right like the greensmen for like to they take care sure some of those people i believe i heard it quoted some of those people make more than what he was making as league minimum so the guys that were you know tending to the fields were like cool this guy <laughs> who is this wow, guy and dude. what's he doing 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp? When you don't have therapy? Oh, the weeks where I miss a session? Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small. And at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash inside. Inside of you is brought to you by Neurohacker, Qualia Senolytic. Let me tell you something. If you haven't tried this, you are missing out. I just sent this to my mom. I have it. I use it. It's a product that I didn't, I, they weren't even my sponsor when I was using this. And I was like, wow, why do I have more focus or energy? Why do I feel better? Why do I feel different? It's because I take Qualia Synaletic, Neurohacker. Look, if someone would have told me, Ryan, that there are science-backed ingredients that could help me feel 15 years younger in a matter of months, I wouldn't have believed it. But uh, I tried Qualia Synaletic, and the rest is history. As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging, such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, sluggish mental and physical energy associated with that middle-aged feeling. Also known as zombie cells, they're old and worn out and not serving a useful function for our health anymore, but they could be taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells. Much like pruning the yellowing and dead leaves off a plant, Qualia Senolytic helps remove those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in the body. And... You just take it two days a month. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all the ingredients together. And Neurohacker Qualiacinolytic has a 100-day money-back guarantee. Oh, I have, I have more energy. Uh, I feel younger. Uh, I'm more productive. I will tell you that. I'm more productive. And uh, I feel like I have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more enthusiastic about my life. I definitely feel that, and uh, for me, the aches and pains are less lessened by this, so that is a real important thing for me. Help resist aging at the cellular level, folks. Try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash inside. Neurohacker, N-E-U-R-O-H-A-C-K-E-R. Neurohacker.com slash inside. 
for up to $100 off and use code INSIDE at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra 15% off your purchase. Inside of You is brought to you by Rocket Money. I love Rocket Money. You know why? Because everyone should have Rocket Money because it just helps you save money. How many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore and we're paying so much money? It's just throwing away money, Ryan. I, I found one. You And you did it. You told I me. I got found, Rocket Money. Like I, I found one. It, I'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on, but thank you for finding it. <laughs> My God. It was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you want to watch some show and you go, oh, I have to subscribe to this uh, this streaming dev- uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you you start streaming the show, you watch it, you leave, and you forget after this trial period it kicks in and they're it's charging terrible. you 10 bucks a month. It's, it is embarrassing. Ugh. You know, 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had, you know, like, oh, I have like five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for like four extra uh, between, you know, streaming advices and fitness apps, delivery services. It's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. I like that. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. So things changed, obviously, after we won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, they, they, <laughs> they got had a payday. A, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know that, you know. <laughs> you don't know that part of it. Who knows? Who knows? Right. You know, but, um, but at the end of the day, it was just this incredible thing. We all happened. You know, we were watching it happening in real time. I was. I was 19, living in Ventura, watching this crazy shit go down. I was like, this is history happening in our lifetime. Like, what the heck? And then also because, you know, being a person of faith and he, he, he being a person of faith, there was that spiritual kind of connection, too, and even more inspiring in that regard. And uh, so, yeah, and that are, was. Are you guys close? I would say we're pretty close at this point. Yeah. Was it was it weird in the beginning? Because it's like I'm playing you, where you kind of like you know I want to do you right, man. I'm you know this is I'm, I'm only as good as the script here. I'm going to yeah. give you some personality. What fears did you have going into that? I mean, the fears that look when we take on a fictitious character, there's nobody that can really hold us. Well, a to- real character. Oh, you're saying no, you're, no, no, you're no. Example, I'm, I'm, example, exactly. Yeah, example. No, Kurt is very fictitious. He's very he's a, fake. He's a fake person. He is a phony man. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, if we take on a fictitious character, there's nobody. There's nothing to really hold us accountable to we're, we're, some yeah. expectation. We're it's not really what we get to do, unless right. there's some canon like. You know, I'm I'm actually grateful. Like with Shazam, I'm grateful that he, Shazam wasn't as well known a superhero because if you go take on Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, whatever, everyone in the world has an idea of what you're supposed to do with that character. Right. I don't envy any of the pressure that Cavill or any of our Batman or uh, or Brandon Brother Affleck or or now you know Gal with Wonder Woman. Anything that's so Embedded. iconic, it's in, iconic. Right. It's like that, there's a lot more Shazam. 
I got a little more, I think, creative license with it because there are also a couple different, well, every superhero has a lot of different iterations of them by this point with all the different like universes and multiverses and dimensions and yada, yada. Um, but I had some some real fun latitude in that as, as Kurt, as a real person who, by the way, you know, this isn't like, this is I, not Daniel Day-Lewis playing Abraham Lincoln, who's well dead and there's no footage that you can hold up. Right. You know, I think maybe I heard once that there's maybe some crazy recording of his voice a little bit you can hear somewhere. I don't know. Right. But there's no real, you know, content that you can hold that person. So like you said, you're not held accountable. So it's yeah. easier. It's a little easier. Uh, but perhaps, perhaps. And by the, and by the way, Daniel Day-Lewis is a, a god among men when it comes to acting and all his incredible talent. So I don't think... It, he could he'd crush it either way yeah i just knew that stepping into being kurt warner was definitely going to be this thing where you know there's going to be that extra level of people going mm, i didn't know kurt like that do they look alike do they talk alike do they act alike do they you know what what is their what sure. is you know, plus how many footballs have you thrown not many bro certainly not well i mean i got like a two-month quarterback crash course and did you feel like you really improved oh definitely for sure yeah like I you mean, were like i could I throw a football had, how far can you throw a football yeah. Um, I could throw a pretty far football, man. 40, I, 50 yards? Uh, uh, at least, yeah, I think. I, I'm not at least, but I mean, yeah, I think I could, I could hit that. I think pretty, I was throwing a 60, actually. And relatively accurate. Like, sure, but like, I also had incredible doubles, right? Like, I had one double. We have so many takes and so much football to be played, and all those throws need to be dimes, like, perfect, because the camera is coordinated. It's like, right. it's like So they didn't use many of your throws, probably. No, no, I think I actually got quite a few in, but what I'm saying is that <laughs> I could throw 60, and I could hit that, but how consistently, if you need that to be the exact shot oh, over yeah. and over and over again, right? And you got full ass men, grown ass men that are playing actual real football on the field, essentially. Like they're really hitting each other and tackling each other and running full out. So, you know, you want to make sure that they're, everyone is coordinated and that everyone's getting the best pieces that they can get. So right. you want to have that guy who's your, who's your sniper who sure. can be in there to take care of that. And then also, I had, so I had basically I had two doubles, Will and Deke. And Will was my, you know, kind of more of my, physical double and, and and arm double deke was he was the truck man he got all the hits like all the heavy 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 hit. like i took some hits and i wanted to take some hits because uh, not that i'm super method or whatever but i was like i can't be a quarterback and never be tackled and never like know what that feels like how or does it feel it sucks of course what do you mean i honestly the, the worst part about it was just like I'm, I'm not used to the whiplash in my head going back and hitting the uh, and hitting the ground and with the weight of the helmet on. So the, like the next day after I, you know, hit yeah, stiffness, few, heavy stiffness. Dude, the, I was like, why is my neck hurt so bad? And wow. I and then I put it together because I'm wearing this this weight on my head Jesus. and then getting snapped back. But whatever, dude, I, I it was so fun. It was so cool. And and my hits were like, you know, half hits, quarter hits, whatever. Did but, Kurt come up to you after the movie? Was there a moment where he said, thank you or you did me right? I mean, he, yeah, well, he, we all saw it kind of separate. We saw different um, uh, early like screeners, you know, like he was with his family in Phoenix and they got to see it and I got to see it. Uh, I think it, where I was in Atlanta and um, yeah, man. And we've done a whole bunch of press now together and we've, and they've asked that question. Like, did he do you right? Did he? Yeah. Yeah. I think, look, at the end of the day, it, it all, it all did him and Brenda and the, and the kids and the family. Right. You know, I think obviously there's going to be some people out there who are naysayers or people saying, Oh, it didn't go down exactly like this or that or whatever, but they don't understand that this is what the heart of the movie is. We, you only got two hours to tell a story and you can't put every a life story. A a life, life, well, right. yeah, well, at least a part of life, you know, it's like from, yeah. you know, him from 21 to 28, essentially. Right. And they hired this 40 year old, <laughs> this 40 year old guy to go. <laughs> well, and be a, you know, you shave, you give it some makeup on, you look younger, you know, you dye the hair, you dye, it goes the long way. 
I don't think people were worried about that. That was very long. I don't think people were worried about that. No, 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 no. It was it was fun though. It was it was a really incredible experience, and I learned a lot and I grew a lot. And so, where can they watch this? Well, in theaters exclusively right now. I don't know in theaters. Yeah, it's not day and day. There's no streamer that I know. I don't know that there is one. uh, Like what the next window is going to be. I think Lionsgate just really wanted to commit to doing like it's a Christmas Day proper theatrical release and. You know, we'll see how the variants, how the Omicron, all the Omicron. Omicron. Uh, but movies like this do well. You look at movies like Invincible with Marky Mark Wahlberg. Marky Mark Wahlberg. With Wahlberg. And, I mean, the movie did really well. Football movies tend to do well. Oh, well, true, uh, true, true stories. stories. True stories well. in general. True People sports stories and true sports underdog stories. You know, these Cinderella yeah. stories. They're, they're all great. And they tend to be, you know... First of all, they're great just because your source material is so already inspiring, right? It's right. like this every people even know the story and they still want to watch the movie. Yeah. The, you know of what course. I mean? It's like you, you want to. So so there's that. But then, you know, fortunately a lot of these movies, and I and I think ours included, have been crafted by really, you know, talented people and leaders and a collective of of talent that you know, make something that's special, you know, unbreak. No, it wasn't unbreakable. What was it called? The Invincible. Invincible. Invincible was a well-made movie. Yes. Uh, Hoosiers is a well-made movie. Yeah. You know, um, remember, Rudy, the Titans, remember, remember the Titans. Yeah. You know, so you've got great ingredients, but then you've got great cooks that, you know, then putting them all together. Cause I'm sure that there's some other like true stories that are like that. That wasn't so compelling. I don't know. Yeah. Well, but it, yeah. Yeah. Well, how's your stress levels? Like, because, you know, you're, we talked before and it, it always feels like, you know, you need to be working. You need to be working and you were, you were working on being okay when you weren't working. And yeah. that was a big part of you. Yeah. But how is it when you're like jumping from like, I talked to you and you're like, I'm like, when are you in town again? You're like, well, dude, I'm in town right now. So I'm like, well, get your ass over here because you're yeah. going to be going to shoot something else. I go, are you not done with Shazam? He's like, no, I'm done with Shazam. I'm done with the football movie. I'm, I'm done. But you're on, on, on. You're on to the next thing. You, yeah. you just don't, like, you're not a guy that just wants to sit around for too long. No. It can't happen. Well, so. What are you working on in terms of you, not you, not, not work, because well, we'll get to that. But like. Yeah, no, well, like, they're ha- talking about personally. Personally, how yeah. are you? How are you feeling? How are you when you get a role like this? How are you doing Shazam? How are you taking care of yourself? Kind of a broad question. Yeah. But no, uh, great question. Uh, multiple questions in one. Um, I mean, in this exact moment, I'm, you know, pretty groovy, man, honestly. Pretty groovy. I, I, I feel very loved. And then that starts with my own ability to love myself. Like, I feel like you're I'm really not- doing that. Uh, practicing it as best I can, man. Absolutely. I think it's, it all has to start there. Everything really. I, I, and we can, we'll dive down into that too, but it's, it's gotta be, it's, it's, you know, one of the greatest analogies or metaphors I've ever heard for it. It just stands up so well. It's like, you know, you're losing, if, if the cabin pressure drops and a plane and the masks drop, you put yours on first, you have got to put yours on first because if you start trying to help other people, you're gone. You're out. Right. And you might not even get to them. And then the other, you know, you've got to, you've got to handle your business. And part of handling your business and taking care of your shit is really genuinely understanding that you are infinitely lovable. It doesn't matter what the fuck you do. It doesn't matter what you succeed in or accomplish or don't accomplish or anything else. You exist. You are, therefore, you are loved. End of story. And, and I, I put my faith in that because that's, I really believe that there is a God. And I really believe that that is God's 
commitment to and agreement with us who are extensions of God, extensions of God's light and love, you know? So, whoo, whoo. Yeah. And, and you're, yeah. So, that, so I, so I feel like you got a little emotional. Yeah. You know, but, but so, but I feel like I can really believe that it does start there. It does start with us loving ourselves. Not by the way, not like, I think there's a lot of um, Insta therapy, uh, like, and by Insta therapy, like Instagram. Th- and by the way, I, I post things all the time that I, sure, I try I, to I watch you know, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, not just those, but like, um, you know, uh, 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 like, I don't know, other people's memes or things or quotes or, you know, you know, and, inspirational things. Yeah. Well, or, or sometimes, yeah, they're just specifically about therapy and taking care of your stuff. But Insta therapy, like instant therapy can, I think, lead a lot of people to, into confusing self-love with narcissism which is unfortunate and you know and i also don't i think the word narcissist gets thrown around far too much as Mm -hmm. well and also everyone has at least a touch of narcissism in them like we are capable of all the things we do all the things even with all the work that we do there are still you know these whatever these little inklings these whatever the the in with within our human being soul and, and our unhealed traumas or whatever they are Everybody can struggle with this shit and everybody does. Some people just struggle way harder in certain areas on that mental health spectrum, right? And we have to have grace with all of that stuff as well. But I just want to clarify that, you know, self-love can be, and we need to be careful about not confusing it with, you know, just being more self-centered and like, none of my problems are my problem. I'm loving myself and my problems uh, mean, therefore other people are the reason why I have problems. You can love yourself and hold yourself fucking accountable at the same time. Right. And you need to do that. We all need to do that. We, how we, do I be, how can I be a better person? How could I do things better? How could I light myself more by doing things that are altruistic 100%. or whatever but they But also, are. but that also requires first and foremost, being aware enough that you're unaware. And that's tough for folks until you've really been humbled enough in life. You still think that you got it. I got it. I'm aware. I'm woke. I'm whatever it is. Yeah. But we need to be awake. We actually need to wake the fuck up. We need to do, do it. We as wake in, up. How do we wake up? I mean, by starting, starting with loving ourselves, starting with recognizing that we don't, <laughs> that yeah, we don't. And, and I know you didn't for a long, long I time. Did, I didn't for 37 years of my, and even in the last, you know, four years, I've still struggled with it. I only found out four years ago that I barely even liked myself, let alone yeah, loved myself. That's what I'm kind of dealing with. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Starting to start yeah. to like yourself saying, hey, yeah. hey, this is a good quality. Recognize that. You have some good in you. There's a lot of good in you. And what's the things you don't like? Well, let's work yeah. on those. Yeah. But let's not. And forgiving yourself of those things. See, that's that's one of the biggest problems that we have right now. We don't forgive. We don't forgive ourselves and we don't forgive each other. We have no grace for ourselves and each other. And you don't. And, here, and it's this recipro- reciprocal kind of uh, um, symbiotic thing. You will not have grace for yourself if you do not have grace for others. Because if you're not practicing it with other people, you won't even be able to identify what that means with yourself and vice versa. If you're not practicing grace with yourself and really understanding what that means to give yourself some fucking slack, cut yourself some slack, give yourself a break, love yourself and go, hey, you're doing the best with the tools that you were given up to this point in your life. That's what you're doing. I agree, but I I do think... But sometimes we do things that we hate about ourselves mm-hmm. and we repeat those things yeah. and we do them over and over. And right. then we feel like, you know what? You've keep doing this. Yeah. You keep doing these and things why? and you don't deserve love. You don't deserve that's it because you're, you're but, punishing yourself. But Michael, that's the lie. We punish. I know that's, that's the, the lie. lie. That's the lie. God is love and love has nothing to do with that shame. 
What if you don't believe do in God? Well, I think the un- then the universe, energy, uh, uh, um, karma, source energy, karma, all that stuff's tied into that. Sure. Yeah, whatever. Dude, I have no idea. Look, I have, I have a lot of, you know, journey as a Christian in my life, and my faith is still very much tied to a lot of the bedrock of Christ and his words and I think so many of the things that he stood for. Um, but I would never, ever be able to tell you with any certainty at all that I know who and what the entirety of God is. Anyone who's selling you that, I think, really needs to take a hard look at their own hubris. I think it is ridiculous as human beings that within one sentence, within one breath, we can both say there is a God and I know everything about them. Right. If there's a God, you know fucking nothing. God (laughs) is everything and everywhere. We can't possibly know all that. So I think everybody needs to check themselves on that level a little bit. You know, let's, let's still dive into our spiritualities and go find as much of God as we can. And I think it's evidenced all over, you know, the uh, Torah, uh, uh, the, the new and old testaments, the, um, even the Quran, you can find really, truly evidenced places where there is, I, I think, recognition of this incredible entity. Buddhists, Hindu, they, they, there's all a recognition of, guys, we're not doing this alone. This, there, is, there is something that is way bigger than all of us, and we need to be humble to it. Right. You know? And so, you're saying that God has helped you in, in, in most of that, of learning to love yourself. For you, well, because yeah. a lot of people, there's some people that don't believe in God. Like I, I, I believe totally in God. Understand. I'm not religious. I, I don't totally believe in understand. God, though. Right. Uh, I think I'm kind of spiritual. Right. But for people who are sitting there going, "Well, I'm so glad that Zach found God, but I haven't found right. God. But is it? If it's not God, that what, what do I do for myself? I understand. And, right, what, right. and what I'm saying, and that's why I said earlier, I'm grateful for the faith that I have, and, and ultimately what I truly do believe, because I'm able to pin my uh, need, desire, and power of self-love onto a concrete foundation of actual love, which is God, which uh, is God. So because I, because I believe even in the most abstract, anybody can believe in the most abstract form of God and still believe that because there is that you can, you can, you can say, okay, I believe that then I can, I believe that I'm worthy of love. What you're asking, which I totally understand is, well, if you don't have that, how can you then still, where's the, foundation? Where, where's the foundation for you to say, I am absolutely unequivocally uh, uh, worthy of love just by being. And what I would say to those people who are listening out there or watching or, or, or whatever is you're still a goddamn miracle, man. You're still a miracle. Even if this is all some random, you're here, you're here. If this is all some random thing that just happened to blow up is in this big bang or what, you know, whatever that is. And we've evolved doing all of these things, which by the way, I, I, I actually think that the story is a lot of all of that. I, I'm not a, a Christian who believes there is no evolution. I think I go, well, why the hell not? Okay. Yeah. God's God. If God wants to like do things and evolve animals along the way to make all the things that God wants to make rock and roll, you know, right. like, I don't know. There's also like Christians I know that are like, you know, super like, Oh, I don't know. Astrology. I go, I don't know. Who's to say that God didn't do all of the things. And also like made this whole universe to in, at least in part be this cool yeah. celestial clock that makes us all different in cool ways. Like who are you to say what God is doing with whatever God wants to do? But what I like about what you just said, but you, if you rewind just a little, you said you're fuck you're here you're here you're We're a miracle here. so you're even, a miracle even regardless of, a of whether you're a miracle or not even regardless you're here no you're well so no, you even are, on this well, that's okay, still a miracle it, it is still a miracle no, you, no no mike no hear me out you can be a miracle and connect that to some spirituality you're also just a scientific miracle the odds of you existing the odds of this planet 
doing what it's doing. And that all of us, all of our individual spirits and energies, whether that's an energy that's connected to each other or a bigger thing, or it's an energy that's just exclusively within you, you have actual energy, <laughs> glucose and all that shit <laughs> flying through your body, the coffee we, that we're drinking, the sunshine that we're feeling, that's all real energy, that's all real science, and that's all a fucking miracle. This is a miracle place. So you can either decide I am worthy of love because I was created intentionally by an incredible artist and architect, or I'm a miracle and I'm worthy of being loved because I fucking made the lot. Look guys, I lottery. Hey, right. My life force happens to exist right now. Just randomly. Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. But also the fact that you're here and while you're here, if we only have one life, why not make the most of it? And why not at Certainly. the same time, why not try to accept who you are and appreciate who you are and just become a better person? Certainly. Then that's how you're going to learn. If you don't make changes in your life, to me, you're never going to love yourself if you don't love yourself now. If you don't make changes, if you're doing the same thing, you know, that whole thing that if you, you repeat something that's insanity. not working is insanity. Yeah, 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 doing the same it. thing over and over right, again. Right, right, right. Expecting so, a different result. Exactly. I, I think that, you know, you have to do something. And what that can do to learn to love yourself is altruism, to to, to be helping other people, to to being a good person, to being the best person that you can be. Certainly. And you're right, but Certainly. forgiving but yourself start is- with you. Yeah. You yeah, have yeah. got to, you got to radically love yourself. Radically, man. Like that's accepting everything, accepting that you are exactly where you are and that's okay. Radically accept that the life that you've lived up to this point, you did the best that you fucking could. You have to, we have to do this. We have to radically love ourselves. I think a other. lot of people will say, I didn't do the best I could. I could have done better. No. And I would say no. Because you haven't. Because you haven't. And that's okay. And you haven't, not because you're a bad person, but because you literally have synapses in your brain that were programmed completely unbeknownst to you or your parents or any generations prior to this. Right. We're just now learning right now how our behaviors are so unbelievably wired into our, our, our minds, our, 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 our bodies from, by the way, also generational stuff that even predates even the, the nurture, just nature stuff that's in our DNA. And we, science is, is showing us all this stuff, which is even more reason to give yourself a break. We are not, we do not, we, our, I mean, gosh, our minds alone, the, the way that our minds can get so hijacked by just little bits of hormone changes in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And we, and we think that we're absolutely operating at our highest ability to do the best that we can all the time. Give me a fucking break. No, we're not. Give yourself a break. You were yeah. doing the best. If you were abused as a child and you've got all this unhealed trauma in you, chances are you're going to do a lot of shit that you aren't proud of or, or regret later shit. or whatever, right, right, or right. still doing it. And guess what? It doesn't, this does not, by the way, this is not a license to go do stupid shit or things that are hurtful to yourself right. or other people. We have got, there is still accountability that people need to understand that, that, sure. you know, people, but we can hold people accountable. We can hold ourselves accountable and hold others accountable without dehumanizing them in the process. We dehumanize ourselves we, in our subconscious and the way that we talk to ourselves, our self-talk that we learn from our parents. My mom and stepdad were harsh in the way that they talked to me. I know they also loved me in the best way that they could. I've gone to enough therapy to recognize that right. they were fucked up because they were fucked up by their parents. 
And it's this generational thing that's handed down. Yes, because you have to, because you have to. Because because unforgiveness, because unforgiveness is not about them anyway. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison, hoping that the other person's going to die. You're holding on to this thing that's just festering in you and killing you. It's darkness and it's a lie. And and yes, you you are therefore not being able to even practice the best self-love on yourself because you're hung up on this person and your inability to love them and not understand or your feeling of their inability to not love you if that makes sense sure does that make sense (laughs) i think so yeah in other words in other words their inability to love you like you can't control things there's certain things we just can't control 100 but again that's but again that's all part of the radical acceptance of it all you know it's like that's one of the first I steps. forgive you. You'll never understand yeah. me. You'll never be the mother or father that no. I want, no. but I love you. And then yeah. that, yeah, and but that's I, but it. I can and also I... have boundaries, right? You know, that's, that's is again, one of the big weird things that I think human beings don't understand. Like you can both absolutely love someone and absolutely not want to hang around them yes. ever yes. or have anything I to do with them understand or that. like the way that they handle themselves in their life. Right. Love is not just amplified, graduated like. Like and love are two very different things. I always feeling say that. In love, yes. Feeling in love feels like a high like. Which, but, but again, feeling in love and, and actual practiced love are two very different things. And I think that's important for everyone to understand for myriad reasons, not the least of which having healthy romantic relationships, but even how you handle your family, your friends, how you handle yourself. Do you set your boundaries for yourself? Can you love someone and not like someone. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I mean, uh, I mean, honestly, like 100%. really dislike someone. One hundred percent. I have one hundred percent. I'm like, you we're know, called to. I, think. I told my mother once. I said, "Mom, I love you. I love you, but I don't like you. I don't like you. I would never hang out with you if you weren't my mother." What was the context of this conversation? Were you having a fight? Uh, no, I think we don't it, have to get, get get all down into it. No, just, I think it was just it was just more of an honesty, like you know, I don't like the way you act. I don't like the way you treat you have treated me or or behaved. I don't like all these certain things, but I do love you and I do forgive you, and you're my mother. Mm-hmm. But I I don't necessarily like you. Yeah. There's a there's a wrestler. I don't know. I'm saying this, but it just makes me laugh because we're getting serious. But there's a wrestler, and his name was Brother Love. And brother used Brother Love used to look at Hulk Hogan and say, "Hulk Hogan, <laughs> I love you, but that don't mean I like you." <laughs> well, yeah. There you go. I mean, that's yeah, there's, there there's, there's something to be said about that. There you what, go. The what things you... we learn from the WWF. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
By the way, Ryan, do you love yourself? Yeah, sure. You do. <laughs> sure. Why you not? didn't even hesitate. Why is that? Why do you love yourself? What's the first thing you can think of when you when you say that? <sighs> Jesus, man. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you love yourself. Why? Why? You think you're a good person? I think I do okay. I think I'm a good person. I think I I, I care about people. Um, I uh, I love. I know what I'm good at, and I love the things when I when I do good. I love that I can do it well. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I think. By the way, Zach, what do you do? So what are some of the exercises you do, like even today that you have instilled? Like, do you wake up? Do you say your gratitudes every day? Do you pray every day? Do you? No. You don't. Mm-mm. I mean, some sometimes I do. I actually um, <clears throat> just listened to this really incredible uh, podcast, I, uh, this guy named Andrew Huberman, who's like this awesome, very intelligent uh, scientist out of Stanford, I think, like neurobiology, ophthalmology. Anyway. I learned so much from podcasts like him when it comes to like hormone stuff, like serotonins and dopamines and how the body works basically. Like, um, and he had this really interesting podcast recently about gratitude and how incredibly powerful gratitude is in our lives, but also how the gratitude practices that most people have been doing kind of, you know, writing down, what am I grateful for or five things you're grateful for? They've done laboratory studies that, type of gratitude practice has maybe some positive effect, but not nearly the effect that they discovered, which was if you are even told a story or see something go and go down in front of you or tell a story yourself to yourself of like essentially literally a story, like a little narrative of like, you know, um, I, or, or if you saw, if you saw, uh, an old lady, you know, trying to cross, uh, the street acts of kindness, I, well, not even, but not even necessarily acts of kindness. Although I think they're always kind of intrinsically tied to the gratitude. Someone shows someone else. So if you watch someone be grateful and they, and say, thank you. And you oh. see, see gratitude happening. And so, yes, if, if you go involve yourself and be Feeling around gratitude, seeing, seeing gratitude, being felt absorbing. Uh, 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 oh, oh, yeah. Well, absorbing, but essentially uh, it, witnessing it, you know, like that you're, that you're witnessing it somehow. Like, in uh, that- like for instance, on Instagram, you see somebody like uh, s- saving a dog that's on the dog tracks and a sure. train's coming and the guy runs out of nowhere, sure. risks his life yeah. and saves you like, oh my God. Well, no, no, but again, it's not the act of kind. It's like it, watching that dog jump all over that person like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank oh. you. That is what does it. Watching, again, it's an old lady trying to cross the street and, and you know, traffic and stuff and she has some bags and some, these guys come up like, hey, we'll help you, help her get across the street, make sure the traffic doesn't hit her, get her to her car. That's all great. And again, the more you associate yourself in those types of situations, as we all should, we should all be helping each other all the time as much as we can, right? Right. right. So the more we act in these acts of kindness, then therefore the more opportunity there will be for displays of gratitude. And the more other people, including ourselves, can see these displays happening, the more deep our own gratitude practice becomes and the more positive effect it has on our body on a literally a physiological level, bro. It is mind-blowing so i would highly that's, that's everyone should go listen to this yeah andrew huberman he talks about uh gratitude practice and stuff. so if you're it's, gonna listen to another podcast ca- come check back. it out come come back come back but listen, yeah. listen. anyway so 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 that's the long way around of saying you know what my my daily uh my daily practice man it's it's evolved so much 
you know, depending on where I was in my life and where I felt my mental or emotional, spiritual or physical well-being are at in any moment in my life. And right now, I feel very stable. I feel very solid. I feel I feel very connected to God uh, throughout the day because I try to be very cognizant of the fact that God is everywhere all the time and uh, uh, very much a part of my life and everyone else's. And you can recognize that in nature and each other and opportunities. And, you know, I mean, I'm reminded of God literally every time I go and do a a, a pr promotional thing for American underdog. The fact that I even got to do American underdog was completely faded. Like I felt God's, you know, I use the term God's fingerprints. Like I felt God's fingerprints were all over it. I wasn't even supposed to do that movie that I wasn't going to be available for it. They were, they, I was going to be shooting other stuff and they were going to be making that. And then the pandemic and then everything got wiped. And then all of a sudden I was available. They wanted to spool it up. They were like, you were one of our first choices. Would you want to do this? Read the script, already knew the story. I was like, this is incredible. Let's go make this movie. And it, and it also helped, you know, genuinely like going back to the beginning of the conversation, work, 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 work. And I have had a hard time sitting in that pandemic. I had a real hard time sitting yeah. in that pandemic. My, my mental health went woo, 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 way down the drain again. And I call you, I'm like, yeah. hey, what are you taking right now? Does yeah. it work? And we talk about like yeah. different things we're taking and trying to get the right concoction or the right yeah. recipe to, to help us a yeah. little bit well, for the things that we're doing. 100%. So I thinking my mental health was much stronger and then not, and then sitting and not working and not, and it's not even my fault. Right. So like if I wasn't working cause I wasn't booking things or auditions or whatever, you can kind of be like, it's on me. So then I can, then you can rationalize blaming yourself right, almost. Right. But I'm sitting there feeling like I'm failing my life because of nothing I did, but just because of a thing that happened and I'm not working and I'm not doing the thing that again, I was deriving so much of my identity and worth out of, which was not good. And a good check to me to recognize that I was a whole bunch of work that I still had yet to do and still continue to do, right? Obviously. But coming out of that, going into making these really am am amazing little films in American Underdog and this other one, uh, Unbreakable Boy, back to back in Oklahoma City. And finally, for the first time, having enough friends and my therapist convince me like, yo, you should try some help, some medical, like some pharmaceutical help. It, it, it could really help you to get, just get out of this, the darkness and the fog that you find yourself in when you hit these depths. And, uh, you know, my, and my therapist, <clears throat> um, who, uh, here in LA, who I, um, see when I'm in LA or still, you know, we'll do zoom, zoom appointments here and there, but he, you know, I was talking to him and he's like, listen, you know, imagine you're in a pitch black room. I'm, I'm sure I've even talked to you about this, but imagine, imagine you're in a pitch black room. You know that there's a light above you and a switch right on that light. And there, and you know, there's a stool right next to you. You can feel it. Right. And you know that if you get on that stool, you'll be tall enough to reach the light and turn it on. But you need the stool to do it. Think of it like that. Think of if you need mm. to go and get on some help with some you right. know, antidepressant or whatever, think of it as this stool. You need it for right now to turn that light on, to get your head above the darkness and look around. Be, oh, oh, some perspective. When you're, we have no perspective when we are in super deep depression or anxiety. No. Another, another therapist that I, I once had told me this is another great analogy. It's like, imagine putting, put your hand all the way up to your face and you're like, well, you know, what does that look like a hand? It, well, not really. It's all blurry. And you see like, you know, 20 different fingers that, you know what? I, it's like, can you identify exactly what it is? No, if anything's this close to your face, you can't identify what it is. You just have to pull it back a little bit and you go, Oh, that's my hand. And that's another kind of analogy, if you will, of like, you just, you need to get that perspective. And if you're still stuck in depression, hardcore depression, you have very little perspective and right, well, you have perspective. Right. It's just completely fucked. 
Right. That's that's where the lies can really get to you. That's why if, if you, you start can, believing you start believing that things real. that are not real, and that again, like understanding just how much our bodies can be hijacked. Have grace with yourself. If you're stuck, guys, if you're listening or, or watching this right now, if you are stuck in a darkness right now, have grace with you. Your mind is not working the way it is supposed to work. Your serotonin levels are down. Your dopamine levels are down. Your neuroepinephrine levels are down. Whatever is down, that can be that can be balanced. That can be helped. That can be helped through, uh, through therapy, talk therapy, all manner of different therapies. It can also be helped through psychiatry and getting some type of medicine that can help stabilize you so you can help... S- feel and see yourself and the world have and how a, you fit in right. it more clearly. Have so. a semblance of normalcy yeah. in your life. And yeah. also, you know, what I will say about that is like, it, it takes time. You know, I've been going through some different meds because, you know, my body reacts differently. Yeah. And so, you know, I, the last thing I was on, I just was constantly fatigued. I felt like a yeah. zombie yeah. and I'm like, all right, well, that's not the, you know, you can't let it get the best to you. I'm like, all right, what's the next thing? Yeah. Let's see if there's something else that uh, I, I can work with. That's yeah. just, you know, uh, so I think that 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 is is important to know too. Yeah. It does, doesn't happen the first thing. Like, oh, I got on meds and this, no, this, no, this no. is terrible. Yeah, no, because you know it's well, like yeah. you you've changed meds. No, when I when I finally yeah when my when I was finally. <sighs> When I finally let go of whatever the fears of the stigmas of like uh, being a person who needed, uh, uh, you know, medication to help him emotionally, mentally stabilize, you know, and this, I've been talking about mental health for years yeah. and I, 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 all I want to do is destigmatize it. And yet, even for somebody who talks about it, I, st- I still feel those stigmas and those fears. We all do, you know, yeah. particularly when you have poor mental health. You're not thinking clearly. You're not seeing clearly. You're not feeling clearly. So those stigmas and fears become giants instead of just being like, no, what am I talking about? That's ridiculous. Right. That's not at all because <laughs> there are so many people that require this assistance. And by the way, something my therapist told me, he goes, listen, once you're on the stool and you turn on the light and you look around, maybe you don't need to stand on that stool anymore. Maybe you're able to step back, right. step down and the light stays on and you're That's good and you're good. And, and, but furthermore, and also maybe Zach, Maybe you need to stay on that stool for a long time or forever. Who knows? Because it, you can't be judging yourself for that. And this, why, why do, do a, does a diabetic uh, judge themselves? Cause they have to take insulin for the rest of their lives. I mean, maybe if there's diabetes brought onto themselves and maybe some people feel, you know, a, a self shame in that or self deprecation or whatever. But if you're born with diabetes and you need insulin for the rest of your life, that's your life. Are you, should, should you judge yourself and shame yourself because that's how you're, you're built? That's your DNA? Absolutely not. Right. And, you know, and, den- and mental health is like dental health, man. It, it's, it should be treated the same. We get these little cavities of stresses and anxieties and depressions and lacks of self-love or value or whatever it is. These little, little teeny mental cavities. And we don't do the work to, to, eradicate them when they're little right. and then they rot and fester and rot and fester become full on needed root canals later on, but still fixable, still fixable. You can right. still get there. You can still do it. You know, good analogy. on so, that one. yeah, cheers. I mean, I, I think about <laughs> I, it a I lot. I like you that know? analogy. That's but, really good. But at any rate, and you know, in therapy and, and meditation and prayer and, 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 and medication, all these things, these are ways for us to blush, blush, brush and floss our minds, you know, and, and talking these things out. And so anyway, Going up into Oklahoma to go do these these incredible films that were really life changing, I was now going on to medication really for the first time in my life, and so yeah, I started on Prozac, and that really it did help me. Um, that's an SSRI. That's more of a serotonin, you know, kind of um, uh, powered situation. What is this SS? the serotonin reuptake inhibitor but I can't remember the the first S. Anyway, anyway, most most antidepressants. 
that I know of. I, I'm not an, ex, uh, an, uh, an expert or authority on this, but most that I know of are SSRIs. They are serotonin focused um, antidepressants, but there are others like Welbutrin, which is what I ultimately, you know, uh, switched to, which is a, um, uh, that that's kind of focused on more of a dopamine. It situation. releases dopamine. It's it, one of the only drugs I, that releases. I, I dopamine. think, I think, or it, well, one of the only antidepressants, antidepressants. I, I, but again, we're not giving anybody medical advice. Uh, and, but since we are talking about this, I, but I would encourage everyone out there, if you are struggling with a consistent depression or anxiety, Please do not hesitate in trying to get some medical help. There is nothing wrong with it. There is no stigma about it. And I'm no. telling you, I am living proof that, uh, you know, I feared it. I felt I feared the stigma and I felt, oh, it's not going to work or it's going to make me a different person or whatever. And I am so grateful that I made that decision. And I but I'm also not suggesting that everyone go try Prozac or right. see what these are all very right. different experiences for very different people. So please contact if you if you do feel like you need it go get it i encourage you with everything in my heart please go go get that assistance if you need it but talk to a psychiatrist yes a licensed professional tell them what's going <laughs> on them, with, yes but and be patient with it because as as mike was saying you know sometimes it doesn't work right out of the gate first of all it takes about a month to even really kick in with a lot of antidepressants so you got to give it time and in that time like when i started on prozac so one of the reasons i, I was having you know a lot of anxiety and anxiety and tax attacks and things that would then also kind of tie into my depressions and all these things. And so um, some SSRIs are also very good at, you know, helping to cycle down your anxieties and then therefore helping with the depression. So I believe Prozac is, is known to, to do that. So I was taking that, but you know, with, <laughs> with, with a lot of uh, pharmaceuticals, some of the side effects are the very things that you're trying to battle. So like with Prozac, you can get, you can get like a higher anxiety. I was already having high anxiety and then I started getting some really high anxiety and it was not but you gotta you gotta be give very patient give it, it time give it you know be in a space where you can do it and have the people around you but also remind yourself as my therapist reminded me he goes you have to tell yourself this is just your brain remember this is your brain you were not there's nothing to actually be anxious about this is this is a great reminder of how your body can hijack your mind and you're like oh my god i'm on pins and needles i've got right. so much anxiety it's like oh my no i'm not there's nothing wrong in my life right now it's this thing that is essentially affecting my body in the way that it's affecting it. You are, yeah, you know, biohacking yeah. it, right? And so then on the other side of the anxiety, that that did dwindle. And then I was in a much calmer state of the serotonin, you know, reuptake um in inhibited in inhibition. I don't know. Whatever. Um, uh, and I and I felt much better, much more stable, yeah. uh, calmer, but more lethargic, ty more tired. Libido was all messed up. Like all, you know, things that, you know, there are these other There's things some that, that sometimes, you know, are not what you want, but, but ultimately it got me out of the darkness enough where then I could start actually thinking much more, uh, critically, much more, <laughs> um, uh, I could see reality in a, with more perspective. Sure. And then in that and d diving deeper into now all of, you know, these, these, uh, these, uh, you know, Huberman podcasts and things and learning more about my body and how it works. Um, I became, uh, much more aware of what I think was going on in my life, which was a massive dopamine uh, deficiency. So that's why I thought maybe I should go and try. That's and, why well, well, yeah. And, and sure enough, man, like it, I just, I think it's like what you ultimately hope for with something like this, which is that you don't feel anything other than normal. And I feel kind of normal, the most normal I've maybe ever felt in my life for the really? first time in my life at 41. Yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't realize just how much 
anxiety, depression, I was suffering through my whole life, man. Like until I didn't know that this constant, <laughs> which turned out to be anxiety, this constant feeling in me of being like walking on eggshells, which was no shocker. I mean, that was my childhood was very much a, a like that. So sure. it builds those patterns in you. You, you are your mind, those synapses are created. And then all of a sudden you live a life that is accustomed to how you survived as a child in your household and in your community. That's an ego guys. That that's how that works. It's a, it's an incredible, like, safety device life raft uh, uh um suit of armor that we get right. but it, it but it's not the end all because then you at the end if you don't go actually work on the traumas that you suffered that your ego allowed you to suffer through and survive if you don't go work on that then you end up this crippled contorted this you know this 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 um uh, armor is now crinkled up on you and crunching you in. And, you know, you, you think you're walking around and you're fine, but you're really all messed up inside Yeah, because all of these, you know, hits and, 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 yeah. and, and, uh, so anyway, I, I think that, uh, I, I think diving into all of that stuff and, and recognizing that more and recognizing what I, I really believe was in my childhood and in my traumas, I was constantly going toward, addiction really i mean dopamine is uh you get dopamine from almost any addiction and i didn't realize that like my video game playing as a kid which was extensive and still i play games now yeah. like i i always you know you you always kind of know like yeah i guess i was you know guess i was a gamer I, well no 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 meaning like uh yeah certainly a gamer <laughs> but no i guess i was you know running there to get away from my problems or whatever mm. but you, what you don't realize is that you're not just distracting yourself. You're actually addicting yourself to a thing. And by the way, that can be so many different things. Right. I mean, drinking, sex, drinking, uh, sex, drugs, all that stuff, but also like, you know, compulsive uh, buying. Like there's a lot of collectors, you know, a lot of people that love collecting things. And guess what? Part of, part of the reason why people are hardcore collectors is because you get a little hit of dopamine every time you get that thing. That's true. My mom was a compulsive shopper. And part of the reason why is because it was one of the only ways she felt like she could succeed. Dopamine is this incredible drug, bro. Like it, it, we need it evolutionarily. The reason it, it is both, it is the reward and encouragement drug in our life. So if we don't have dopamine, we don't continue to go like try and challenge and you know it was essentially i'm I, i'm and again i'm not the scientist here but from the things that i've read and listened to you know evolutionarily we needed it to, in order to push us to go run miles and miles and miles and miles and miles and miles to go find prey somewhere out there that hopefully wouldn't kill us while we tried to kill it and then bring it miles and miles and miles and miles home and then find a new location and a new location and a new place to set up camp without dopamine we wouldn't get it because dopamine so I'm going to go and on you, and you could be and you could be deficient, surely deficient Super. on dopamine. And a lot of people are deficient on dopamine that don't know that they're deficient. Yes, yes, because because essentially dopamine has diminishing returns, like almost every, you know, thing, every drug, every every hormone. If you if you're hitting it too hard, it eventually stops doing the thing you want. It's, you know, uh, sure. at its highest level. So then what happens is, and I think this happened starting early on as a child and also moving up to the Northwest when I was in middle school, which was, that was the first probably clinical depression I ever had. Cause I went from being in sunny Southern California and a Cali kid and up to Seattle. And I was this new kid and super nerdy and all the kids like did not like me. And, oh man. And I, and, and it was like the seasonal depression stuff. Like for four yeah. years I was living in this gray dreary, oh man, it was hard. But again, I didn't recognize nor did my parents cause 
they weren't tuned in enough that I was clinically depressed at that point, like hardcore clinically depressed. And I was also in this very traumatic household where my, my mom and stepdad fought like cats and dogs. A lot of dysfunction. So much dysfunction. And so I would go to these video games or rollerblading. Oh my God, I was a huge rollerblader when I was in middle school. No wonder all the kids loved me. And, um, <laughs> and uh, so, but I would do these things and these would give me my dopamine. And I was very addicted to these things. I had to go and do these things. Well, Eventually, what happens and you don't know it is that you need more and 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 more just to get the same kind of feeling that you started with. And eventually that you have to pay the piper on that. So this is one of the coolest things I've learned. Dopamine kind of works on like in this lever in our mind, if you will, like a seesaw. Okay, right. And it's this pleasure pain seesaw. Now pain, by the way, is not just physical pain. It's really just kind of any, anytime you're under duress, creative duress, mental duress, physical duress. Like if you're trying to solve a problem, that can be the pain side of, of the lever. If you're in physical pain, you, that can be the pain side of the lever, things like that. And the other side is pleasure. It's the dopamines and serotonins and, and things, well, specifically dopamine. And, the, and it's this feel good. It's a reward. So when you go work hard, your body then feels good. So like runner's high, going to the gym and lifting weights, you're really putting your body through it and you feel great on the other side of it, right? I need it, dopamine. It, it, right. Well, so check it out. <laughs> I need dopamine, Ryan. So check it out. So the way this lever, th this, this, this back and forth works is when you push down on one side of that, you push down and you push down, like let's say you're pushing down on the pain side. So you're, you're working out of the gym real hard and you're doing it or you run five miles. And then all of a sudden now you stopped. You're, now you, now you're, 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 you're the, the duress is over. And now your body then flips to the other side, corrects for how much it was pushed down on this side and then corrects over on that side for whatever amount. And now you get the pleasure out of it. Now the dopamine gets released into your body. But here's the trick. If you push down on the fun side, if you're pushing down on to get the dopamine, so you're just playing video games. I mean, not that you, not that you there's not out. some duress. You run out. Well, no, no, but yeah, you start, you start, oh, well, you, you, you have to pay the piper on the other side. If you're, if you're just drinking or just doing drugs or you're just doing sex or anything that is not essentially earning the dopamine, earning the reward, you're just giving yourself the reward. You're just playing video games and giving yourself the reward. You're just doing that. That still has to balance back the other way. And people don't know that. That's why you feel horrible the next day after you've gone out partying too hard or, or when you've gone and had sex with somebody and it didn't, it was soulless and it didn't mean anything. You're like, Oh my, well, you know what? Why do I feel so horrible about this? Well, part of it is that, I mean, part of it is a spiritual thing, but also part of it is your body was like, didn't earn it. <laughs> you, you didn't right, earn it. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's it really interesting. So, so then if you'd end up doing that a lot and I do it and I've self-medicated in so many ways for so long in my life, I still do in ways, you know, I mean, it's, but I think I've, I'm at a much healthier place in my life. And again, I feel very good about who I am. You're aware, more exactly. aware, far more awake. Absolutely. But the concept is crazy and it's real. And I think that if we can understand that better, we can tr love ourselves better and understand that, Hey, don't go after the cheap dopamine. Go after the good stuff. Go and go and take care of your body. Go take care of your mind. Take care of your heart. Take care of your soul. Take care of each other. Those those things are all a little accomplishments. Waking up in the morning, you know, like um, you know, they, they always say, you know, first thing in the morning, you want to wake up and make your bed. It's not to have a cleaner room. It's because you get your first hit, your first hit of Feeling dopamine. Of accomplishment. It's a you get your first little hit of dopamine, and you want that because it's it it's a. It's kind of like a, there's a momentum to it. The more dopamine you can kick in earned, 
and these little accomplishments, you know, you know, like I, I'm so envious of people that are always so like, they wake up in the morning and they are so on it. And they're like, they got a checklist, ba, 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 and you can sense it. They are happier people. I mean, some of them are <laughs> incredibly like anal or whatever, anal or whatever. but that aside, it, for to be able to be like, so into accomplishing the things that you want to go out and accomplish and you earn them and you definitely feel more. And also it makes you feel like you can accomplish more. That's part of the encouragement part of dopamine. You get the reward, but it also encourages you and more and more. You can do more. This is why you could keep running from one mile to two miles to three miles. Ryan's to nodding. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. it's real. It's real. Write this down. I and need this is more all dopamine. Stuff. I need to make my bed. Yeah. It's I all need... important stuff, man. I know I started making my bed over the pandemic. That helps so much. It's it does. So, it's just little things, man. It's so little accomplishments. You know, this is, I, it's amazing how when I talk to you almost, I'm like, oh my God, we're, we've talked for an hour what? and it, it doesn't even feel like, have we not talked for an hour? I don't know. Yeah. An hour and five minutes we've talked to right. And I, I want to listen. I, I always learn so much from you. I really do. You're just so open and giving. And I feel like I, I want to have you on the show every year. Every year you have to come on because Bro, you're you know, so, you know, you, I help me, you, ask me you help people. You're, you're genuinely a good guy. You're genuinely a good guy. And I think I you've worked that. hard on yourself and I'm so glad that you love yourself. I'm trying. I'm it's a daily practice, it bro. It's a daily, daily practice. practice. But you got it, by the way, and just for, for going back to that for a second, you know, when, when you had asked why you loved yourself, of course, the, the thing that we go to the most is, well, we think about uh, oftentimes, like, these are things I like about myself or what I've accomplished or, you know, whatever those types of things, like, I, I'm good at these things. Try to, I think this is important, try to forget all that and and understand what it means to love yourself without all that. Because there are no qualifiers. Imagine radically loving yourself and other people so much that you don't even need the qualifier of, well, I like this about me, or I did this well, or whatever. Because that still does not stand in the way of you being infinitely lovable. I like it. Do you understand? I do. Okay. Uh, this is called Shit Talking with Zach Levi. These are a couple of questions you could ask. Spitfire, fast. Oh, are we uh, coming to the end of the podcast? Well, not necessarily. <laughs> I mean, sort of. Yes. Oh man, our, our episodes are an hour. We like, uh, you know, we don't. There's some people bad. that there's some people that have three hours, and I'm just like, I can't. I can't. Could have got it. to the meaning of life here, but no. Uh, Rosie's got other things to do. No, but I think we are <laughs> talking about the meaning of life, don't you? I think that's exactly what we're talking for sure, about. Bro, for sure, for sure. Lisa H. Favorite beverage. <laughs> Favorite beverage. I mean, to be perfectly honest, at this point in my life, as it probably should be, water. I guess. I mean, but if we're talking about other than water, if we're talking like uh, like um, alcoholic beverage, tequila soda, a reposada, a nice tequila, reposada. Tequila gives possible. you boners too. Keeps boners. <laughs> yeah, tequila is good for boners. I think. Oh. Anyway, was unaware of that. Uh, Raj, describe your 2021 in song lyrics. Uh, that's got, that could be, that could be really, that could be really fun. Oh man. Um, see, here's part of the problem. I no no Part of the problem is that I'm one of those guys who always knows the melody, but almost never knows all the lyrics. Like, like I know, I, tell me, tell me though. And I'll see if I can help you. No, I don't. Well, for, I don't know. Like he's instance, asking for lyrics. I'm not, I, mine would be, have you never been mellow? Have you never tried? <laughs> What song is that? It's uh, Olivia Newton-John. Olivia Newton-John. Oh, man. She's... Oh, okay. I got one. Uh, 
It's the end of the world <laughs> as, as we know, know it. And I feel fine. Yeah, something like Amy that. Amy B, have you ever had a paranormal, supernatural, anomalous, anomalous experience? If so, what did you experience? Hmm. Um, I don't know. <clears throat> paranormal. Paranormal experience. Supernatural. Yeah. Anomalous. Anomalous. Is that what the word is? Anomalous? Well, I do feel like I might have seen some kind of UFO once in the I think sky. I did too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, I feel like everybody might. Oh, I don't know. yeah. They and then the government's always like, oh, we were testing rockets. And we go, oh, it was just rockets. But really, it was all aliens the whole time. It's no, it's By the way, there's so many new documents coming out. Oh, talking dude, about like the government's dude. like, yeah, so yeah. There dude, we go. Don't even get me started. We don't know what to do. Don't get me started on <laughs> this. Amazing. There's so much shit coming out. We can talk about that it's for amazing. hours. Bob K., what breed of dog best describes you? Um, well, I'd like to say the breed of my dog, which is like a uh, Queensland healer, like a blue healer, but that's probably not. I don't know. Most people would associate me more to like a golden retriever or something. <laughs> I can see a lovable golden Just retriever. Happy, happy and bouncy. People would consider me a golden happy retriever. Happy and bouncy. Le happy and bouncy. Leah asks, favorite thing about living in Texas and least favorite thing? Uh, favorite thing. I mean, I don't know. It's super groovy. I mean, particularly Austin. I just think it's a, a group. I, I live out uh, just outside of town, but I still get, get into Austin a good bit. And I just, I love my friends there. I love the community there. I love the art scene and the vibe and the food and very, very big on Austin um, and all that jazz. Uh, the thing I would probably say I, I, le I least like is just when the weather is not yeah. cooperating, you know? Right. And sometimes that can be because it's like super hot. Sometimes it's because it's super cold. Sometimes it's because it's like super raining or, you know, rainy or windy or it's certainly not Southern, like the, probably other than my friends and family and community that I had to leave behind here in LA. Uh, the only thing I really miss is the weather. What you know, everything else you guys can have. It. <laughs> can have it. Uh, Leanne says, Not a question, but a comment. Thank you so much for all you do for promoting mental health awareness. Really appreciate all you do. Amen. Mich Always, Michelle K. What can you do today that you were not capable of a year ago or maybe two years ago? Mm. What's different? What, what are you capable of doing now? Well, I'm, I'm capable of throwing a better football, <laughs> which I appreciate. Good. Um, but, I, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't know, going back to literally what we were talking about before, I'm, I am more capable of loving myself now than I was a year ago. And yes, and therefore two years ago or, or you know, three or four, whatever. I think every again, you know, we're every day we're the only person we're competing with is ourselves from yesterday. That's it. if we're competing with anyone or anything else, then we've lost the plot. You're just trying to keep daily, gradually, granularly working on yourself and loving yourself more in every single moment where you would normally you do a thing and you're embarrassed or you're ashamed or all just stop and go, Hey, you know what? Yes. I need to learn from this. Yes. This, I, I should probably not do this thing, but I understand that I'm, this is a re this is a manifestation of unhealed shit in my life. Amen. And it, and that doesn't excuse it. It, but it can give you grace with yourself. It can give you patience with yourself and you can do it in that moment. One, two, three, four, five. Mel Robbins, is that who she's got that five second rule, whatever count to five. And in that moment, say, love yourself more, love yourself more than what you're, than what you're about to do right now right. and remind yourself. Yeah. So I do, I, that's, I, that I'm better. I love right it. Now. Um, this is a quick question. I want to know, you know, there's been so many revivals of like, you know, mm. Buffy or whatever they're doing, going back and doing like six episodes of party down and this and that, yeah. uh, Reno nine one one. Do you think if they ever asked you to do a Chuck, like kind of like a little five episode thing or something, you consider it. 
What? Well, they're talking to you about it. You're smiling. So, so I've been trying to make a Chuck movie since before we even finished the show. Like I, I, I was always like, you know, for almost no money budget and no time, we were basically making a mini action movie every week anyway. Right. And so if we had like a little more budget and a little more time, we could make, I think some really killer little Chuck movies, you know, and put them online or whatever the heck I've been literally trying to do this since 2012. Wow. Or and, uh, dude, I feel like the time is, is nearing. nigh. It's nigh. Yeah. I I've had some very good promising conversations with, uh, producers well with with uh, the creators uh, Josh Schwartz and Chris Fedak and we had a really lovely get together and catch up and you know I a few well but during the pandemic I, we did we did a, a Chuck reunion um, zoom. Uh, zoom you know uh, a deal and um, it was so great I mean I think it was a great reminder for everybody like just how special and magical our little family was and and and, and everyone was just like right back into it. It was it was really great. And uh, and I and I think Josh and and Chris, you know, and they've built entire empires for themselves now and it just and the time is I think is good. So hopefully I don't know, we'll see. I for all the Chuck fans who are listening to this right now, this is not well, maybe I'll I don't know. I don't know if this is an, you're an just, official you're just announcement. Yeah. I don't know if this is an official announcement or not, but I will tell you that for all of you who have been patient, thank you for your patience. I have not stopped trying and I will not stop trying. I've joked that I will, you know, even if I'm a six a geriatric Chuck, we're going to do it one day. Geriatric but, um, Chuck. but yeah, man, I think, I think we're like close it. to making something happen, which I'm super excited about. And, and I think it works perfect because now, you know, like it's a Warner brothers show. It's, you know, the, it's owned by Warner brothers. And, um, you know, and I think that, uh, you know, with all the streamers now and, you know, HBO max, I mean, you know, like that we could easily just, start making some movies and putting them there and just I want to roll. Yeah. I want some role in that. Oh, we'll work on that. We'll baby. work on that, we'll dude. On uh that. lastly, I mean, I know this is kind of a dark subject, but I know you lost your mom in 2015 to cancer. Yeah. And I know it's been No, si- no, no, not to cancer. No? No. Also also I appreciate that, but not dark. It's not dark. I I I just want to know how yeah. you how you deal with that because there was a lot of dysfunction and I know you loved your mother and I know there was a lot of it was tough, but uh, do you feel like you still think about it? Do you still deal with it? Is it something that you'll always deal with or you, you pretty, you feel pretty no, good about? No, no, I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, look in the midst of all of the insanity that, that was my relationship with my mom, you know, for the last you know 13 years or whatever, we didn't have a relationship. I, I, I attempted to help her in as many ways as I could without enabling as, as much as possible, which is very difficult sometimes, you know, like, I mean, you know, at one point she was she was basically going to go to jail or go to um, or be homeless. And, you know, like you don't know what to do because your mother is very mentally unhealthy, very f- mentally uh, and and emotionally very unhealthy. And unless somebody like that sees a, like a really hard, <laughs> like hits a real wall, are they ever going to recognize that they need help? And so you're putting this weird gambit, really. It's like, well, I don't want my mom to be homeless. But I also don't want her to keep being the thing that would make her homeless, like right. in her in her unwellness. <clears throat> so we we danced for you know thirteen years of trying to do the best. I was doing the best I could, um, you know. But uh, in that time, and even after you know when she died, I, I wept for three days, super hard, and then I stopped, and I didn't cry anymore after that until I went to therapy. Uh, you know, not two, two years after that thinking I had dealt with it all the time. Like I didn't, even when my mom was still alive, I would be like, you know, I don't, I don't hate my mom. I don't, I don't hold anything against my mom. Well, I was suppressing so much shit, so much shit. 
So I, I, you know, if you're not metabolizing that, then you think you've dealt with it because you've done some mental gymnastics to convince yourself that you have, but you have to go feel that stuff emotionally. You got to actually feel it. And so it wasn't until I went to therapy and I, you know, was in Connecticut, those three weeks that totally saved my life really. And one of my assignments was write a letter to your mom and your dad. And I, you know, it took me 10 minutes just to start. I was crying so hard when I first started to write this letter. I couldn't, 10 minutes went by and I couldn't, I, every time it, the pen would go to paper, I'd be like, I, can't, I mean, it was gnarls Barkley. And then, um, you know, and then finally I started writing it and the whole front of this piece of paper was, fuck, like, I can't believe you did all these things to me and the girl, my sisters, and why did you do this? And you did this and you did that. And yeah, you're just really kind of venting and getting stuff out. And I flipped the page and this was not even an intentional thing I was thinking to do or whatever, but I flipped the page and literally something just flipped in my mind. And all of a sudden it was empathy that poured out. And I was like, <sighs> oh, buddy, it was just like, <sighs> but I know, I know that all, you did all these things because they were done to you because you were abused as a girl. You were abused as a kid. And I, and I, you know, I just recognized like, you know, and that's why I think it's so important. We have to, <laughs> we have to look at each other. Our parents, our, the, the rest of our family, our friends, society, our worst enemies, the people that you would see as the most evil in the world. And you have to see the child in them. We have to stop and look at the child in that person that was abused, that got different programming, that came from a different world and go, okay, you're not evil. You are just, you can't, you, this, your journey was entirely different. And maybe in your journey, you were so fucked up. You were so abused. You were taught that killing people is good or hurting people or stealing from people. That's why people do these things. <laughs> it's not because they're monsters. It's not because they're evil. It's because they were once abused themselves. So all of a sudden, that was like the whole second half of this letter to my Forgiveness. Mom. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. That's... Radical. Radical love. Radical acceptance. Radical radical forgiveness, man. It's you know that, necessary for all of us, for that, this world right now. I agree with you 100%. And thank you for being so open about that. Oh, I mean, that's, it's beautiful, always, dude. It's always, beautiful. Oh, I, I went through the same thing with, uh, I did a little EMDR up in oh, Connecticut yeah. and I remember saying I'm fine I'm fine and every day she was like yeah I don't think you're I don't think we're not going to do this today yeah I go okay when are we going to do it next yeah. day now nah, we're not going to do this and then one day I just had this this thought I go I go oh yeah this happened blah 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 blah, blah. <laughs> and then he goes let's talk about it. we're going to do the EMDR right now yeah, and I go yeah. whoa 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 and we started doing it and I started in, in crying yeah. hysterically like oh my god what's happening it's uncontrollable yeah. and it's coming out it's like why did you do this why did you do this why was this why why couldn't you be yeah. more patient why couldn't you be and all of a sudden I just said but I forgive them and I just started crying. I don't even know why I said it, but subconsciously I yeah, did. Yeah. It came out yeah, like you yeah. just said in yeah, the writing. Yeah, yeah. I forgave. Yeah. And that there's something to be said about that, that, that feels good that you're like, you did the best you could. I forgive you. Yeah. I'm not giving them, you know, and it, um, uh, 100%. But I, but I, I do think that <clears throat> in order to get to actual true forgiveness, because I think a lot of us think we're practicing forgiveness with a lot of people, including ourselves. And we might be on some level, but there's still something, there's still some judgment in us of, but they did this to me. 
you know, they, it, it, you know what I mean? And the only way to actually fully get rid of all that in you, which is this poison that we drink hoping the other person, in order to get rid of all of it, you've got to radically accept it. There is no, I can't, I, I'm not an expert in this. I've done a lot of therapy. I've read a lot of things and listened to a lot of people that are way smarter than me. And I, I, the only thing that I can point to that can get us there. And this is with ourselves, with our families, with, with our country right now, the polarization, the, the politicization of everything that's going on, every way that we keep getting ripped asunder as human beings. And as a society, we have got to look at other people and radically accept them and where they came from. And, and that's not just forgiving them. I think a lot of people are like, well, I'll forgive you for doing that thing, but you're still an asshole. You know? right, right, and right. again, they might be an asshole, but for you to be, that's just for you to recognize that they're doing asshole stuff and have boundaries, but to sit and have this, yeah, but that asshole, the way we all roll our eyes and look down our nose and all these things, the sarcasms that we use with each other. Look at the fucking news, man. Like, Journalists don't even report news anymore. All they are are opinion Opinions. machines. They're I opinion agree. machines. I agree with that. And they inf- inf- we don't want to know sides, what you think. On all sides. It doesn't matter what the political spectrum is. On all sides of it, they're just sniping each other left and right. And there's so much disdain. There is so much hubris. There, it, it makes me sad. It makes me sick to my stomach that this is the way that we're being led as people. This is the, this is the narrative that's being spewed forth. The people's minds continue to be essentially more programmed by it's more hate and it's more fear instead of looking across the aisle and saying, listen, I completely disagree with you, but I know that you're still, I I mean, whether you believe in God or not, you're a creation of, I I would say child of God. It doesn't matter who you are. You're, you are as if you were alive, you're an extension of God. And that that should be valued. It should be valued. We should value people on that alone. Anyway. I, I love you. I love you too. This is this has been fantastic. And this is, by the way, just so you know, this is probably the longest podcast I've done in a while. I never do more than like fifty-five minutes an hour, right, right. and I I can I'm talk to you the forever. Distance. No, no, you you take me. <laughs> Go the distance. I am so moonlight, Graham. I, I I I love you. Have you thought about the lyrics finally of the song? Yeah, it's the end of the world as we know that, it. Do you do that's the one you're going to go. And I with. feel fine. And you feel fine. And I feel fine. And I feel fine. Ryan, I got how do some you feel? Thumbs up. Thumbs up for Ryan. Thumbs up for me. Zach Levi, you're an extraordinary human being, a great man, a good friend, great friend. And uh, you're always there. You're always there. And I appreciate you coming on again, man. Bless you, man. I receive all of that. I echo it right back at you. Thank you for having such an incredible forum for people like myself to come on and talk about shit that we think is important. Man, he got emotional, didn't he? He did. Did you get emotional when you were watching a little bit? I mean, it's hard not to. (laughs) <laughs> it's hard. it is man especially when you're in the room and you're interviewing him and he starts talking about this and you can see his eyes well up and i got emotional i got a little emotional i, I tried to hide and try to be professional but i really uh, commend commend zach for opening up like that you know it's uh he's a sweet guy and if you came here again for Zach Levi and you like the podcast i hope you'll stick around and just come to listen to me talk to people and uh, watch people open up and, and I think it helps humanity. I think it helps, you know, when, when guests open up or they say, I always learn something from them. There's always, they, you know, you'll get something, Same. You, you know, as long as they open up and, and usually they do, everybody, you know, has something going on in their lives. We've all faced adversity. So, uh, thanks for tuning in uh, again, the at inside of you podcast on Instagram and Facebook, follow us and then in Twitter at inside of you pod, Go to the Inside of You online store if you want awesome merch. Um, sunspin.com if you want merch and you want to Zoom with me. 
Uh, we're going to do a stage show January 29th. January 29th at 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Please get tickets and listen to the band. We're going to play live virtually. It's our first show in a couple months. We're really excited and uh, awesome. So I'm going to read the top tier patrons. You ready for this? These are go to if you want to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash inside of you. Uh, I love these guys. They really support the podcast. Nancy D, Leah S, Sarah V, Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H, Nico P, Jerry W, Robert B, Jason W, Kristen K, Amelia O, Allison L, Raj C, Emily S, CJP, Jennifer N, Stacy L, Jen S, Jamal F, Janelle B, Mike E, Eldon Supremo. Eldon Supremo. He uh, on a Zoom, he puked when I was talking to him. It was beautiful. Crazy was beautiful. guy. I love Dan. 99 more, Ramira, San Diego M, Chad W. Yeah, he's going to be a lawyer, too. So instead of taking the bar, he's going to take the barf. <laughs> right, Dan? We made that joke together. Yes. I love him. Santiago M., Chad W., Liam P., Janine R., Maya P., Maddie S., Belinda N., Chris H., Dave H., Spider-Man Chase, Sheila G., Brad D., Ray H., Lilian A., Michelle K., Talia M., Betsy D., Laura L., Chad L., Rochelle, Nathan E., Marion, Meg K., Janelle P., Dan N., Big Stevie W., Angel M., Rhiannon C., Corey K, Super Sam Coleman G, Dev Nexon, Dev Nexon, <clears throat> Dev Nexon, L at the. Where would he play? He'd play at the. Uh, uh, who's the band? The Palladium. Dev Nexon next Tuesday night at the Palladium, eight p.m. Get your tickets now. Palladium. Dev Nexon. Uh, Michelle A, Jeremy C, Sebastian K, Gavinator, David C. John B, Brandy D, Yavor, Camille S, The C, Joey M, Willie F, Christina E, Adelaide N, Omar I, Lena N, Eugene and Leah. I got to meet all these guys. We did a big Zoom with all the uh, patrons, the top tier patrons, and I got to see a lot of faces. It was really nice. I liked it. Chris, Chris P, Nikki G, Corey, Patricia M, Maria N, Heather L, Jake B, Bobbitt, Ed A, Ed A, Ed A, Ed A, Ed A. What's up, Ed A? How are you, mate? Oh, isn't it? Ed A. It's Ed. In the A. Ed A. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the podcast. And uh, we got another great podcast coming up episode next week. Thank you to Jason. Thank you, Jason Nelkin, our editor who sat in for Ryan today. Great job. Great to be here. Great to see you. Love it. Great to fart in front of you earlier. Love it. Um, thank you, Ryan, my wonderful engineer. And uh, thank you, Bryce, our producer. Thank you, Cumulus, Agnes, Katrin, Teresa, Kelly. Uh, you guys all rock. I love you, and I appreciate you if you're listening, if you're listening to the podcast. But uh, thank you, everyone, for listening, and uh, be good to yourself. If you have anxiety, if you have shit that you're dealing with, talk to someone, man. Get some help. I mean, better help. Ryan goes to better help. I don't know. Jen, uh, Jason, do you go to therapy? I don't, but I need to. You will. You'll go to therapy. Sure. Everybody should. Everybody should. Well, you need to talk our shit out. Yeah, check up on your body, check up on your brain. Yeah, yeah. Betterhelp.com. Betterhelp.com. Yeah. Is that betterhelp.com? I think you put the code word in, inside. They're not even a sponsor. Are they a sponsor on this episode? I don't know, but I'm giving them credit because I, li I like these guys. Yeah, shout out BetterHelp. Why not? BetterHelp. They're they're rocking. Um, all right, Michael Rosenbaum from the Hollywood Hills in California. Jason Elkin, also from the Hollywood Hills in California. Wave to the camera, Jason. Guys, thank you for allowing me to be inside each and every one of you. Until next week, be good to yourselves. I'll try to be good to myself. Jason, be good to yourself. I will. Good. Mm -hmm.
Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.